Hello, my name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are reading Partners in Crime. Over the last two years, we have gone on 45 book-based adventures. We investigate a real-life case using advice from murder mystery authors. We review a book, find the sleuthing tips, and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the unsolved case of the missing salmon. You mentioned you had been sent a present in the book. Present, it's a little present. Yeah, Um, I'm actually looking at it right now, and I'm trying. I'm finding quite difficult to decipher what's inside. But um, (laughs) a friend of the show, Rose, not of season three episode, season two episode three, uh, my Rose. Basically, I'm in self isolation at the moment. I'm sure many of you out there are in the same boat. Solidarity, my friends. Um, and uh, knowing that I'd be in, in isolation until quite near to the festive period, um, she sent me a present. <clears throat> um, and it says on the front, Murder on the Nile, a mystery jigsaw puzzle, which I showed Han. I already know that Han's not a massive puzzle fan. I'm not a puzzle fan. No, but I think the thing that might sway it is that it's not just a puzzle, I think it's also a mystery. I feel so torn because the the definition of it it says murder on the Nile and it's a thousand piece mystery jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, so I am um, murder on the Nile sounds great, mystery yeah. great, and then I see thousand piece. Puzzle. I'm like I'm out. Yeah. However, it does. I mean, firstly, if it is a, if it is the puzzle of this picture, terrible puzzle. <laughs> and also not actually mystery related at all just a scene on in Egypt but on the side it says read assemble solve good sign and on the back it says contents 1000 piece jigsaw puzzle <laughs> but also a murder on the Nile 10 page mystery by Bruce Whitehill which sounds a lot like a kind of budget death on the Nile what you haven't heard of Bruce Whitehill? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if it was an anagram of Agatha Christie, wouldn't it? He's actually famed in the mystery jigsaw puzzle world. <laughs> I don't know that he is. This Bruce is like Whitehill. when we did the um the budget um Poirot murder mystery ones. Hope you want a clue. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then on the back it says classic mysteries with a challenging twist. So this is what's surprising is that it does include Hercule Poirot. How right. that got past the... I don't know how that's how that works. So we've got um, uh, read about Detective Hercule Poirot's investigation into who is stealing the Stuart family silver. <laughs> what that's got to do with murder is beyond me. Assemble the thousand-piece puzzle and discover the detailed crime scene in the steamboat saloon. Solve murder on the Nile by piecing together clues from the story and the completed puzzle. Beware. The puzzle is different from the box cover. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and then on the back, it's got some other ones that they do. Yeah. The Orin, the Orin Express. Nice. Another, another close to Agatha Christie title. Titanic. <laughs> Random. Alfred Hitchcock. 
Uh, foul. Oh, this is my favourite. I'll say that to last. Sherlock Holmes. That's broad. Um, grounds for murder with a with a coffee cup next to it. Brilliant. Oh. A recipe for murder, and then I think this is my favourite one. Foul play and cabernet. <laughs> Foul play at the what? Foul play and Cabernet, as in Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, (laughs) I'm really excited about it. So I've got two related questions. Yeah. My first is, (laughs) have you ever completed a thousand-piece jigsaw in the past? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm quite a fan of a puzzle. You look really surprised by this. Pieces. I'm sure the most... standard. I've ever done for a jigsaw is maybe a hundred. <laughs> That's for children. Pieces. It's not for children. A hundred pieces. Oh, a lot of pieces. No, no. I think I think a thousand is quite standard for grown-ups. A thousand bits. So many. Because yeah. that's the first question. My second question is: Did you ever complete the Sherlock Holmes mystery jigsaw puzzle? That I gave to you. No, actually, maybe I'll do oh, that one as well. Pick that out. You can have a double as well. Do you think it's the same thing? Yeah, I think it is. I oh, think it's, it's the other. So, it's, does it look like this? Uh, uh, yeah, I think it did. Yeah, great, great. So it's still in. It's still in a bag in the front room. I'll get it out. I sort of actually have forgotten about it because it's in a bag, probably. Oh, <laughs> See, what great timing! <laughs> Yeah, so you Where did you get that from? Um, so I was given it for Christmas. It was a Christmas present. Yeah. And I mean, just, we had that argument about whether or not it was for it was like nice to get a re-gift. <laughs> no, 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 but we decided it was fine because I was, you know, I was open and honest. You're telling that me. I was it wasn't a present I was gonna use and I thought it could go to a good home. Yeah, great home. I think this is this could be where I re- reinvigorate my puzzling. But I should let you know, like, just to be transparent in our friendship, I, I am quite a fan of puzzles. You're a puzzler. Yeah, I feel like that's something you you didn't know, and maybe is you're disappointed about. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not disappointed about it. But I. Is it patience that you don't have for it? Is that the issue? Oh, right. Okay. So there's a few things. Firstly patience (laughs) but I think the thing is it's not my skill set because it's quite fiddly like so a thousand pieces are going to be quite small um so you need that sort of hand eye dexterity that I don't have but I'd say my bigger problem with jigsaws is I don't have a visual memory at all like my visual sort of comprehension is pretty poor which is why I can't read maps so to me I'd say jigsaws sort of like a a map (laughs) (laughs) such a good reason can't read maps can't do just jigsaws same boat I'm out although actually talking about not doing maps I have decided that next year I'm gonna gonna try and learn how to do it. I'm gonna see if I can overcome my inability. Well, so if you if you get if you get in the swing, oh, I did on a course. Yeah, I'm thinking of going on a one day navigation course. Amazing. The reason being that my friend um, George went on it, 
and said it was amazing it was really helpful does he did he struggle before no he I'd say that he was he was pretty good with maths when he started but I I just think that I've always sort of said oh, I can't do maths I can't do it so I want to have a go and if I still can't do it after doing a course I'll just be like right fine that's it it's not for me it's not for me I, I, I have been on a math course before have you yep and I was told I've got a natural gift unexpected <laughs> Really? Well, there you go. Natural gift for maybe you could teach me, or do you think I could teach you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually, I actually am going to be going on a refresher course this year, <laughs> so I, I can. I'm finding out quite a few things here about you. About puzzles and math related. You did put them in the same boat, though. To be fair. No, but I didn't know you. You sort of doing secret map courses. No, but just to clarify, when I say course um it was a uh, one day well it was a weekend it's a weekend trip with rose's dad who can read maps oh, he's very oh, good very good in fact he used to teach i believe to students um but he took us he took me and helen and rose as it's her dad away to snowdonia for a weekend so we could learn how to read a map and use a compass before we went to the dolomites because in the dolomites lots of people don't speak english and although a lot of the route that we did is well signposted, it's quite risky not to know how. So we did, and he was like, Maddie's very good. Wow. Yeah. I bet the other two were like, this is excellent. The other two were like, um, why aren't you giving us any compliments? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but also I think Rose already knew a bit, so it was like less of a surprise for him. Uh... So yeah, I'll, I'll give you a little lesson. Yeah, I'm very, very much beginner level. So we might have to do something like you do a map of the house. And we start at that level. Much like the blueprint I made in season two. <laughs> yeah, clip art. Let's have a clip yeah. art, clip art uh, inspired map. No, not um, paint. Yeah, I can, I can def, I can do that now. I mean, not now, but you know, <laughs> I can do that without the refresher. <laughs> I think I know what the link is. <laughs> you think you know what the link is? Yeah, yeah. So we've just been discussing maps and Maddie's map skills, which brings us neatly to today's book because there is a map. Well, it's actually referred to as a plan yes. uh, at the start of this book. So today's book is The Santa Claus Murder by Mavis Doriel Hay. Listeners may remember that we read another Mavis Doriel Hay, Murder Underground, in episode two of season one, back in the day. Back, what a hawk, hey? Yeah. So it's a return to, to Mavis for this festive read. And, Maddie, did you choose this book? <laughs> I think I did, I think I did. Yeah, let's say I did. Okay, so why did you choose the Santa Claus Murder by Mavis Doriel Hay? Great question. Um, I think that we discussed it together, actually, and decided that we, well, there was quite there was quite a desire for us to have a Christmas read, a festive read, much yep. like last year. Yep. Last year we had uh, the Christmas egg, 
by Mary Kelly. What what a read. What an episode, actually. Go back and listen. Season one, episode 10 or nine. One of the two. Um, check it out. Um, and we thought it'd be nice to do that again. However, the, the stock of female written <laughs> Christmas reads are, are slim. So at one point I said, let's not do this. This is silly. Because Hannah, in fact, has read Santa Claus Murder before and I didn't want to make her read it again. But I was convinced otherwise. Hannah was very keen. So, yeah, I would say mostly I was convinced by your good self. By my good self. Yeah, so I did read it read it before. I'll say more about that anon. But do you want to give us a little summary? If you want to read the blurb, that's fine. Because um, I, I think I'll attempt to do it without the blurb. So, Whoa! I know. Go for it. So, um, what's the name of the family first? <laughs> the Melburys. Okay. So, this is what I would refer to as a sort of archetypal, classic, like country house mystery. It centers around the Melbury family, in particular, Sir Osmond. Yes, yeah, yeah, Osmond Melbury, who's a very rich man. He owns this big mansion and he's hosting Christmas. And all of his children and his children's families, like, you know, partners and kids, and also some other, other guests, um, feature. And essentially what happens is one of these, I would say, fairly periphery characters, tertiary guests, is forced to dress up as Santa Claus and go around handing out gifts and crackers to the children at the party. And while that's all happening, Sir Osmond has, like, lured into his life, into his study to receive a, a, a phone call and what happens is he gets killed while he's in there and the door's locked from the inside into one of the other adjoining rooms and who, who was it we all, all we know is it must have been someone in the house at the time and I would say key to the mystery and which I'm very happy about is this floor plan I was very pleased about the visual and I used it a lot <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about it <laughs> Is that a bit of a summary? Have I given enough detail? Maybe. Oh, that's excellent. I particularly like your use of the word lure. He was indeed lured in. Yeah, he was. Under false pretenses. Uh, Okay, wonderful. So what did you think? Well, I liked it a lot. Some things about it in particular. But I would say that my enjoyment of it was, I would say, triples. Because um, from the looking at the at the map I opened the book on the maps there and I immediately was like that mirror is going to be involved in the murder in some way in terms of cracking the case it was brilliant <laughs> um and as soon as the murder like the murder suspect was identified as Oliver Whitcomb I knew that there was a second Santa Claus knocking around in the house <laughs> at the same time so I would say that I was mostly feeling quite smug around the whole thing secondly i really appreciated another visual aid the list of characters love that big fan big fan and it actually reminded me again another reason to enjoy it reminds me quite a lot for most of the book actually of the agatha christie excellent read after the funeral which contains a lot of family members who all kind of for one reason or another there's complexity in their relationship and a lot of that is around like siblings and wills and it reminded me of that quite a lot. And I really liked that one. So yeah, I really appreciated that. It was all of the sort of festive and cozy vibes that I wanted out of the read, which is pleasing. And I mean, it was pacey. 
I appreciated that it was very pacey. I didn't feel like, come on, get a move on. I was sort of with it the whole time. And I quite liked a lot of the characters as well, actually, unexpectedly. Well, a lot too. I liked two of the characters. (laughs) (laughs) I liked uh, John Ashmore, the rather bumbling chauffeur. Oh, I felt so sorry for him. Yeah, is that not like? Like slash yeah, Christmas. yeah, he got he got completely screwed over. By yeah, yeah. Um, I liked him, and I also quite liked Sir Osmond's sister because she basically just really likes a bit of a gossip and not much else. So I liked that, and I also quite appreciated that Sir Osmond basically really likes Christmas because it's um, nice for the kids. So there was a lot of like him being like, "Come on, children, let's all play," <laughs> which I thought was quite lovely. So, yeah, those are the things that I liked. Um, I'll start with what I liked. What did you think? And we'll come back to any gripes, so to speak. <laughs> Likes and gripes. Um, well, the reason why I looked quite shocked when you said about it reminded you of Agatha Christie's After the Funeral was because it reminded me of an Agatha Christie, but of Hercule Poirot's Christmas because I thought Sir Osmond had similarities with Sir Simeon Lee who is that one in being like this deeply unlikable rich man who uses the money to manipulate his family so it reminded me of that and then the fact it was told in different perspectives and actually, there were a lot of different perspectives. Loads. You did have to keep track on who was telling the story from chapter to chapter. Reminded me of a previous The Unsold Case of the Missing Salmon read, which was a portrait of a murderer. Yes, indeed. That's a good, by, that's a good one. I didn't think of that. Yeah, by Anne Meredith. Uh, and again, with, you know, like having a, a family who gather together um, at Christmas. I did think... It was really helpful to have the list of names and who everyone was, but why do rich people always have more than one name? Like oh. Edith was called Ditty. Why? This so this is needlessly confusing. Isn't Ditty like short for Edith? I don't know. I've never heard it before. Because it's like Ditty, Dith, Dit. Oh yeah, no. Sort of. But yeah, I, I am with you on that one. There were some excellent phrases that I picked out that I can share to you now. Uh, Some of them festive. So I quite like the phrase someone simply said, go back to your grouse. (laughs) (laughs) Go back to your grouse. Um, This doesn't really happen anymore, but I did like the idea that before they went out shopping, they had to do their hatting and furring, (laughs) which is to put on all of their hats and furs. Um, There was a return of of rum. There's a little rum in there. It made me laugh quite a lot. There's a a police officer in this who's quite grumpy. And at one point he rings the police station to sort of find out if they actually did sort of due diligence with cataloguing the Santa Claus outfit. And it had blankety that he was saying blankety blank 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 (laughs) swearing (laughs) and although I know it's probably going to be quite you know a difficult Christmas this year with everything that's going on we might all be able to find a way to do some Christmas jollification 
Oh, I hope so. Oh, and there were some excellent names. I can't even remember who she was, but there was a character called Mrs. Plush. Yeah, she didn't eat very much, did she? Poor thing. No. She had a good name. And (laughs) there was a constable called Constable Murr. (laughs) I just kept thinking of, like, Murr. Constable I don't know who he was because he kept being referenced and he wasn't in the list. So I was like, who is this dude? And why is he in the list? Was he just a kind of extra, do you think? Extra police person? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who he was either. I did also like the fingerprints. So they did some fingerprinting at one point and you could tell that it felt like quite a novelty. They are, I mean, the people who are being fingerprinted are having like the time of their lives being fingerprinted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I also really yeah. enjoyed, which I didn't mention. Oh, yeah. Um, which I actually I think is useful for future murder mystery cracking. Bit at the end with the essentially what is the logic behind how because ultimately what happens is that someone else this actor guy basically helps them find the the killer which I think is strange (laughs) that was one of the essential questions it's like why was Kenneth involved so he's in love with Edith but it's it's becomes it's very clear that she's never going to leave her husband who's shell-shocked she's never going to leave him to be with Kenneth so (laughs) Kenneth to all intents and purposes just hangs around and decides to be involved with the case but not really because the police don't really let him yeah. go anywhere near the evidence or do anything they instead they give him an assignment which is basically get all of the people or some of the people that you maybe trust at the event to write what they call homework which is like an account <laughs> of each day leading up to um the murder but then it sort of implies that they give him that to keep him busy and like get him away but they do use his evidence and he ultimately works out who did it which i think is quite strange like they, the, police, the police didn't crack it at all. He's like, it's this guy. Yeah, it's really weird. It's just, it's just sort of a periphery character. Yeah. If there was a film, he would just be there in the background in yeah. every scene, but would never have any lines. It actually got to the point where, because I, at the beginning, you can see um, against each chapter who's going to be the author. And I can see that, chapter 20 out of 21 was Kenneth and I thought it was going to be him that was the murderer that was the second uh, yeah, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was thinking I was going to have to ask you about your opinion on the rules around mystery you're not supposed to hear their thoughts or whatever yeah um, but no he was just just trying to help he's trying to be a good guy um <laughs> but I really enjoyed in the postscript the colonel who obviously didn't solve the case lays out the way that Kenneth worked it out and it's basically essentially saying like if all of these more than one person could be the answer for each of these questions but only one person is the answer to every question which I really liked. I think very helpful actually it's divided into sections so it's like knowledge, opportunity, attempts to lay and oh sorry knowledge opportunity and attempts to lay false scent so maybe i need to work through those sections for the salmon i think that's a really good idea and see which name appears for more than one i'll be fascinated to see if anyone tried to lay false scent at all (laughs) i mean to be honest i read it in a a sort of haze of 
sicky sadness so actually it was really joyful and therefore I almost have nothing bad to say about it but I sense that you might have some you might have some constructive criticism no no not because I think constructive criticism is a bit too far so obviously it was my second read yes so to sort of caveat with that I just found I thought as a family there was I thought just really unlikable they were absolutely obsessed with shopping. Obsessed <laughs> with shopping. They they went like shopping in Bristol towards yeah. the beginning. Awesome. They were completely sort of miffed that they weren't allowed to go back to Bristol to buy their morning clothes um, after Sir Osmond died. Yeah, that's true. Um, so David, who is Edith's husband, is clearly traumatized from the war. He's got a shell shock. Uh, and the family just are horrible about him. Uh, they're also incredibly rude about the working class and so snobby about, like, anyone who... Well, basically, yeah, anyone who dares to have a job. I mean, what are they doing? Yeah. What, what, what it is. <laughs> yeah, so they, they have this kind of line they often like talking about, you know, oh, they're not our sort of people, but that's anyone, yeah, anyone who has a job, anyone who's an artist, anyone who's a foreigner, they all are very rude about Grace Portisham, who is Sir Osmond's secretary, mainly because she's intelligent and yeah. she's a single woman and she's a redhead. She's a redhead. Well. Oh, I thought you caught that. Another anti anti uh, urban women going on there, <laughs> but then the fact they were so snobby, I found odd because they got their money from biscuits, didn't they? <laughs> from like making biscuits. So I just sort of thought, <laughs> it's not. But it's not like they're a family. I didn't get the sense they're not like a family who are aristocracy or who've had like, money for generations after generations of generations. They're not like lawyers or something. <laughs> it's relatively like new money. Yeah, but they're yeah. the modern day McVitties. Well, not modern day. They're the nineteen fifties McVitties. They might even be the McVitie family by by another name. I would have much preferred if one of the family had been the murderer. I think for me, I think that would have been, I don't know, I think it would have been better because it turned out that the murderer was a chauffeur, which supported this idea of, well, you can't trust True. You know, the working classes you can't really trust the people who are working for you but it wasn't anyone in the family so that's that's all fine oh, why did they get so stressed about that christmas present to a rich old uncle it's like get a grip they're all like really really stressed because <laughs> they couldn't remember if they'd sent yeah. some uncle a present and they were like should we get another present or okay. wait and see <laughs> Chill out, guys. It's like, yeah, chill out. I sort of at the time thought it must be important for the murder, but it wasn't. It was not. Did you get the impression that um, Mavis Doriel Hay wasn't a massive fan of children? (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of moaning about the fact that they're just like overexcited and loud. And that's why I quite liked the thing about um, Sir Osmond being like wanting to make it really fun for the kids because he clearly, as a character, loves the children and that's what it's all about but maybe story will hey it's like oh god basically feel like those loud sods won't stop 
Yeah, yeah, but there is such space. That was one of the bit of contradiction because, yeah, he was thinking a lot about what he could do for his grandchildren. But then he was holding his daughter hostage, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, it's it's by, for the adults, basically. Yeah, being like, you have to remain unmarried or I'm not going to give you yeah. as, much, as much money. I do have a little thing, though, which character do you think I would like to be in the movie version oh bear with is it in the list no no it's not minor ca- it's so minor that it's not even the list <laughs> <laughs> minor but she is linked she is linked to an important person is some sort is there some sort of like maid woman is it a maid no no so it's Mrs Ashmore Ashmore's wife Oh yeah, she was great, wasn't she? She's worried about him, but yeah. she was also sort of thinking, what she, what she, what was she going to do if he didn't come back? And and then I like, I love the bit where she went out and was like trying to hit Bingham, was shouting at him, like ran after him. Basically. Yeah, ran after him. Like she knew what was going on. She was, and also very speedy. Very speedy indeed. Yeah, I could see you playing her. Although well, you would need to be able to do a sort of Bristolian accent. Yeah, it would be it'd be like West Country, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'd have to get I'd have to get some lessons from um, our Bristolian friend Dave. Oh yeah, that's his, his neck yeah. of the woods, isn't it? Could you yeah. give us a Could you give us a little taster now? Bristolian, like a baseline, if you will. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. Where if you find find a passage that you could read? I don't know that I can. I'm because oh, now the thing is I can only think of Cockney or Australian now. Australian. I'm trying to find it for you. Can't visualise. Can't visualise. It's quite soft, isn't it? It's sort of soft. Can you do one? Can you do Bristol? No, I. I would say it. Or whatever, whatever UK accent I do, it slips to Geordie within three seconds. I think it's like a natural, yeah. natural thing. I'll have a go though. Page two three nine. Oh, what about two three six? Two, three, six. Okay. He was anxious, you'll understand. All the Boxing Day. No, see, awful. That's nice. That's like Yorkshire, though. Isn't it, it was a bit, wasn't it? We Ashmore was... having come, come back on Christmas Day with news of some accident to Sir Osmond, by reason of which he had left hurriedly without knowing rightly what was the matter. I think spot on like matter I think yeah and some just my voice no 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 and some I think was quite quite Georgia the matter we thought he might be that he had another stroke like he had in the summer (laughs) (laughs) okay I think ending fantastic content some of it caught me yeah yeah yeah. okay I um, I think I mean that says a lot we we know what we can do we know what we can't yeah um I do have a question controversial question yeah because obviously it's called the Santa Claus murder what do you think about it being Santa Claus because they have a conversation about they do don't they on page 63 um uh, because it says Sir Osman was particular about us saying Santa Claus said we gave it up in the war because it was German but we oughtn't to mind that now. And Father Christmas was just silly. The other meant St. Nic- Nicholas, and that's who the old man with the reindeer sleigh really was. 
So my question was, what are your thoughts on Santa Claus? What do I call the festive creature? <laughs> uh, well, I, what I found strange about it, great question, is um, it's Santa Claus with a K. Whereas if yeah. I said Santa Claus, I would spell it with a C. But I guess that's because that's the German. Santa Claus with a K would be German, the spelling. Yeah, yeah, I think the C is quite an Ameri- American. Yeah. I think I think I'd call it Father Christmas. Yeah, me too, Father Christmas. Yeah. But then it's the same, I think it's a similar debate as to do you say Happy Christmas or Merry Christmas? I tend to go, I go Merry because that yeah. allows you then to say Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh yeah, Happy Christmas and Happy New Year is too happy, isn't it? Well, no, you've got to think of a different adjective. Then I think you've got to go Happy Christmas and a... Fantastic New Year. Fantastic New Year. A prosperous New Year. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, true. A Merry New Year doesn't work as well. Terrible. Tell you a word that doesn't get used very much at all anymore is Yule. <laughs> you know, like, it's only really used for a Yule log, isn't it? I quite like you. Happy you. Merry you. Maybe that's what I'll start saying. Isn't merry you time. Don't you say merry you. Why not? I think it's, it's Yule time. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Merry you time. The Yule ball, as uh, we've seen. Is that a thing? That's Harry, Harry Potter. Potter, isn't it? Oh, I, when is Harry Potter going to be on ITV? Because I always see that as a big part of the festive season. I mean, I, I don't know why, why you think I would know that. I don't know, I just thought you might do. You might have the knowledge. No. Um, Radio Times live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so digress slightly. But no, I do I do think it is, it definitely delivers on Christmas cheer because it's got all the elements yeah. of Christmas in there. And yeah, the family being gathered. I think that if you're in a situation this Christmas where you're with quite a lot of family you may agree with Hilda that the family was the better for dilution which is <laughs> better to have you know a few people who aren't part of the family there true that buffers Christmas buffers <laughs> Christmas buffers yeah yeah, yeah it's a good point. Um, they do have yeah. a few of those which I think is unusual I mean in the house at Christmas I'm going to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-one people. It's a lot of people. Lot of people. It must be a massive, massive house. Yeah, which is funny because actually, if you look at the floor plan, actually, <laughs> the place, it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> like the, it's the, I realize it's the ground floor, but like. Yeah, but you know what we haven't got here? We haven't got a scale. No scale. No scale, so we just, we don't know how how large these rooms are. Um, yeah, so I did enjoy... I can't tell you how delighted I was when the mirror made an appearance. Honestly, I thought, I knew it. I knew it would come in, come in handy. I knew the mirror was part of it, because obviously I've read it before. Before? Before, <laughs> though. Couldn't remember at all how it was going to feature. Also, forgot who did it. <laughs> yeah, completely. Who did you think um, it was in the build-up? Well, I kept thinking it was going to be Kenneth. Probably similar vibes to me. I think because I knew it wasn't meant one of the family. I'd remembered it wasn't one of the family. Um, Yeah. No, I think it was good. But for me, it was let down by the reveal. 
also I, the thing that I, yeah I was I mean I'm not saying it was the best mystery book I've ever read I think it was more quite comforting but I was sad there was no denouement because like, when actually it yeah, ended it was just like just being rested it's time <laughs> there's yeah. no there's no like big showdown so to speak yeah it could maybe have done with at the end a bit of a chase or a some other sort of sense of threat yeah it could have done with an ecr lorax style ending really couldn't it yeah agree ecr style ending or a poirot style denouement where everyone gets accused and then it's like but no it was you yeah 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 maybe if they ever do a film version they should think about bringing that in it would be very visual i think yeah yeah because essentially the ending was while canis notes were useful for us as amateur detectives <laughs> it's a bit of a bit of a letdown this natural ending of a novel yeah like here just just read some notes <laughs> read a series of questions <laughs> <laughs> and he's the answer yeah true, yeah. true. okay uh, shall we right. score yeah let's score let's crack on with the scoring let's crack on with the scores i would say that my um jingle still might be a bit like luster given my oh favorite. don't put you put a jingle if you're just going to do a, a very casual little blue book oh it's quite touching it's quite sweet wasn't it i should have yeah. done a lot more festive one but you know no well such is life that's just, just how it goes, people. Get a grip. Much? Don't go too far. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, what's the date today? It's the 18th. 18th. Do you know what I'm going to do? You're going to be very pleased. What you have to do? I'm going to put 18th of December 2021 in brackets so that for, for you know, prosperity, Hanmus. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So, um, yeah, just for listeners of the show, today is Hanmus, 18th of December, which I have sort of co-opted to be a sort of second birthday, because as mentioned on other episodes, my real birthday is the 30th of December, which in most years is very antisocial, not a good time to be having a party. Obviously, this year it turns out that that Hamless is also a time <laughs> to be to be trying to have a party. Okay, called on Zoom brackets isolation. Oh, sad, but sad. We're okay, together yeah. from afar. We're together yeah. from afar. What's Zoom? Okay, HKMB. Right, you ready? On three. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm feeling quite generous. I would say the screen there was taken up by your poncho, almost the whole thing. I prefer the term wearable blanket. Oh, every time you tell me you want it to be called a poncho, because I'm always like, "Oh, you're wearing a blanket," and then you're like, "No, it's a poncho." No, 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 because the key is I want it to be referred to as a wearable blanket. Right. I'll, let, I'll put that in the notes as well. Yes, we don't. Okay. Okay. On three. Itch face. Yeah, ready. Itchy face. <laughs> One, two, two, three. Yeah, seven. Seven, Seven. fourteen. I have to say, you know, if it wasn't coming up to Christmas, then I probably would have given lower. But, you know, I do think it really delivered on being Christmassy. So I would say if you're looking for a Christmas murder mystery, 
Santa Claus murder. It's great. Oh, it's got it's got everything. Merry Christmas egg as well. Also, magnificent Christmas okay. food. And in a moment, as part of Queens of Crime, I'm going to be recommending another festive read. Are you? Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me that before we read the same one that you've already read before? Again? No, 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 because there's a reason why. There's a reason why. Um, one-liner? Oh, okay. Um, festive. That festive family. <laughs> we could just go mystery. No. Cozy? Festive family cozy. Festive family cozy mystery. <laughs> <laughs> just let's just do adjectives. <laughs> See how long we can go for. I'm gonna put festive family cozy read. Do you want anything else in there? Yeah. Oh, with great tips for future mystery solving. Yeah. And <laughs> visual aids. Yeah, visual aids, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> great. I don't think we need to talk about what can we learn because we've talked about that. Yeah, we we're actually done. So efficient, done. Efficient. Do you have anything for either the case or for Queens of Crime? As mentioned, I haven't done a jingle, but that's fine. Queens of Crime. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounded a lot like um, who will buy the Yeah. Yes, I do have something for Queen's Crime. Obviously, I've got nothing for the case because case investigation has, I think it's going to have to go on a slight hiatus. Well, I mean, you did say one of the things was that you hoped in-person interrogations would um, help. And I feel that that's been scuppered a little. Scuppered. And also, obviously, as well, I hoped to have a massive New Year's Eve party where I was going to shake down some of the suspects. Is that also not? Probably not going to happen. So, anywho, <laughs> I've got a bit of Queens of Crime yeah. because in my book club, we do Secret Santa. Lovely. We always do it with books. And we always do what is, I believe, referred to as Dirty Secret Santa. <laughs> where <laughs> We're all nude. <laughs> We're all nude. No, no, we have fully clothed this. But what Dirty Secret Santa is, is it, it involves you can steal, basically. Oh, yeah. So the first person opens the book, then the second person can either take an unwrapped book themselves oh. or they can steal the first book. I think now, that's also known as White Elephant. I don't know anyone who calls oh. that Dirty Secret Santa. <laughs> <laughs> or it also can be referred to as Yankee Swap. Okay, well, there you go. I will have to inform that. But yeah. I think the only secret sound is way better. <laughs> uh, but it worked out well because I was the last person, which meant that I obviously had the pick of six, no, yes, yeah, six books or to unwrap a book. I chose to steal a book because one of the books on offer was by one of our Queens of Crimes. I recognise that cover. It's called. The Mistletoe Murder and Other Stories by P.D. James. Um, so we talked about Death Comes to Pemberley by P.D. James with special guest Rose back in... Season two, episode three. Skills, yeah. Okay. Um, so I was thrilled to see that. But then when I opened it to read, there was a foreword by another one of our Queens of Crime. Mm. 
Bal McDermott. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. And she was talking about basically how great PD James is, and uh, recognised that uh, you know PD James has very realistic settings, which was one of the things that we said we enjoyed about her writing, and that actually PD James is not cosy at all in any way. So yeah. I'd say this book is great one because it's quite short so if you're looking for a short read it's only 136 pages it does have one story that has pd james's a sort of famous detective uh sergeant adam dalgleish isn't it well he's a sergeant at this stage in his career and the title story the mistletoe murder I'd say it's absolutely cracking. It's yes. a cracking little short story, yeah. Oh, okay. I think a murder mystery short story is quite a challenge. Yeah, quite a challenge. But it's brilliant. There's such a twist. Um, so would oh. would recommend. Have you right. read it? Have you read it, Monami? No, actually, great question because I have been thinking I might need to do a bit more dabbling in the P.D. James world. I do, you know what? do you know what? When I finished it, I'll pop it in the post for you. <gasps> what How about that? How about that? It's, you know, it's quite quite a small read. Probably only have to pay a large letter. Obviously, I'd pay for a parcel for you. <laughs> post office said that would be three pounds. Absolutely not. No way. Um, that's very kind of you, especially as I am looking for reads while I'm in this strange time. In fact, after we finish recording, do you know what I'm going to do? You'll be pleased to hear what I'm going to do, actually um what you can do well I finished as you know I finished not a murder mystery read but I finished a read right before this call um I'm going to get on uh ECR Lorac the Paddington mystery read that you got me <gasps> oh the shroud, shroud of Darkness do yeah. you know what I might treat myself today might be the day that I go death of Jezebel yeah it's a day it's a day for, for treats self-treat uh, the only thing is that I don't know. I'm sort of thinking that I might have like an afternoon bath. Good idea. But I absolutely cannot be reading Death of Jezebel in the bath. <laughs> You'll drop it. Is that what you're worried? Imagine if I drop it. That would be, That'd so, be so heartbreaking after all the searching. I've really come to a halt with my Christiana brand um, searching. Really come to a halt. What ones are you looking for? Um, Death of Jezebel, of course. Uh, and also... Death in High Heels, I think. Uh, well, I can lend that to you. I can lend yeah. to you. It's not the same, is it? Is that the last one? Hang on, let me check. Yeah. No, there's also one that I'm waiting to get a fair price for. Or, well, like a reasonable price for it to come up on eBay. Which one? Rose in the Darkness. Uh, I haven't got that one either. And there's also like a collection of sort of cocky short stories I'd really love to get. But I haven't seen that come up at all. I think it's called like the spotted cat, the three halo, or I don't know, maybe I made it up. It's got a slightly strange title, so. She's a, she's a wily one, old CB. Great, well, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Monami, for joining me. And thank you, Mezami, for joining us. 
So this uh, episode of the Unsolved Case of Missing Salmon, we've been reading this week. What have we been reading? Oh yeah, <laughs> Santa Claus Murder by Mavis Doriel Hay. If you want to read more Mavis, check out season one, episode two, where we talk about murder underground. Some great names featured in there, not least Pongleton. Basil Pongleton. Basil Pongleton. Um, so check that out. Merry Christmas or Happy Christmas and a prosperous new year to any of our loyal listeners. Yeah, and I'd like to wish everyone a very merry Yuletide. That's a new phrase for the year. Also, uh, join us for our next episode, which will be, of course, coming at you with the, the classic annual Christmas model. I don't what? know if you want to say anything about this one of me. Well, I, apart from it's end of year schmozzle. Oh, sorry, sorry. There might be some Christmas cheer in there, a bit of Yule time. Yule. <laughs> but it'll be an end of year schmozzle. For those of you who have not experienced a schmozzle before, sure. some previous schmozzles. But we'll just kind of reflect on the year that's gone by, the highs, the lows. There's normally some sort of little game of some kind. There's some often never before heard backstage footage yeah there we will be raiding the banter in the library as always if you would like to share the unsolved case of the missing salmon with a friend we would appreciate that or if you'd like to give us a little review go for it we do particularly like five stars and to remind that the christmas competition is still open you could win those three books from three of our queens of crime and some Hercule Poirot themed tea. All you need to do is send us a jingle. You can sing your jingle and send it to us or if you'd just rather write your jingle for Maddie to bring to life can also do that we would like your jingle to be mystery themed send it to us at missingsalmoncase at gmail.com or as a dm on instagram we're at Missing Salmon Case. And over the festive period, you might want to be reading a bit of mystery. So we will let you know our next read. So the next read is going to be my pick. And we were just talking about it. We're going to read a penguin crime classic. So I have selected, I'm going to select. Okay, so Murder in Time by Elizabeth Ferris will be our next read for our episode on the 17th of January. This podcast is created, edited and produced by Maddie Berry and Hannah Knight. The music is composed by Jeff Harvey, sourced from Melody Loops. With that, mon ami, we bring today's Christmas episode to a close. Merry Yuletide and <laughs> see you in 2022. And of course, keep sleuthing. <laughs> keep sleuthing. Bye for now. That's slick, isn't it? That was very slick from you. Yeah.